Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Live from Orlando, Florida, you're now listening to the Ozone Podcast, the voice of Orlando Magic fans. Join us every week for a unique fan perspective on all of the latest magic news and updates. The show starts now. What's up, Magic fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Ozone Podcast brought to you by DraftKings and part of the Basketball Podcast Network. We host Al, myself, Anthony. Today we have a special guest joining us from OrlandoMagicHQ.com, our writer, Kieran Patel. What's up, man? What's up, guys? How are we doing today? We doing great? What's going on? I'm chilling. I'm chilling. I'm excited to be here, man. I'm, I'm, I'm thankful I got the opportunity because I've always wanted to do something like this. I've never been on a podcast before, but uh, I, I feel like I'm, I'm ready for it. You know, like it's been almost a year since I've been part of this writing team. I'm glad that the the viewers, the general audience is going to get to see who's behind those articles. So I'm really excited. I'm I really know. Excited. We've been talking about this for, it feels like, uh, it feels like a year. I don't think it's been that long, but it's been like a year that we've been like, hey, let's get about. you on the podcast. And things have happened here and there that we have out of our control, unfortunately, but uh, we're excited to have you again. You've done us some amazing work on our website, done Thank some you. great articles. You're very engaged on social media uh, with Magic fans. So again, now they're putting a, a face of the name. So again, welcome right. to the show and uh, should be a you. fun episode today. I'm I'm really excited. We got a lot to talk about, especially with uh, the lotto coming up. So let's get it rolling. Let's yeah, man, it. you're a you're a big advocate for for Paolo. We're gonna do a little breakdown on him a little bit later on in the episode. But in today's episode, we are gonna be touching base on Jalen Suggs' surgery that he just had. What does that mean to the team? Talk a little bit about the off season, um, and then go through our tankathon and and break down with Paolo. But before we before we get into that, um, we're already kind of midway through the NBA playoffs for the second round. Um, how are we feeling with that? Who are your early picks? If you were to select the team right now, who do you think is going to end up um, making it to the finals and then end up winning? Uh, are you going to go? Yeah, I, I'll kick it off here. It's going to be tough, man. I, I, I'm torn. I think on the East, it's going to be one of the Celtics or Milwaukee. Whoever wins that series to me, it's going to make it all the way to the finals. Yeah. That's That's on the East for me. On the West, I can't decide. It's going to come down to Phoenix or Golden State, in my opinion. Um, that's going to be a really, really fun matchup. But again, if you know me, you know I'm, I'm going to be rooting for Steph. Yeah. So I got Steph against possibly Janice in the finals. Two dudes that I really like. Um, I, I'm rooting for Steph. So I'm hoping they win. But I'm, I'm being honest also. It's going to be really, really tough. How about uh, you, I, I'm, I got the exact same thing going. I know you're going to love this. My bracket has the Celtics and the Warriors in the finals. I got Celtics beating Bucks in six. And I really just think that the Warriors, they, I mean, they'll give that gentleman sweep to Memphis. I saw that last game, you know, I'll, I'll let them have that one, but I feel like, I feel like Warriors are, are coming out strong. They're, they're looking pretty good uh, as of late. Phoenix is, is a, a powerhouse though, man. That, that's the scary part. Is they just play like such a, poised and and game like the, I, I don't see another team like that that's playing at such a like mistakeless level you know 
they're, they're playing so well lately. So it's really tough to make a decision out of the West, but I agree with you. Al. I don't see any of those, um, that other matchup, the heat Sixers. I just don't see either of them getting into the finals. They're just, I don't think they're that. I'm not sold on them. You know, I, I see the Celtics bucks. Exactly. We said, whoever, whoever makes it out of there is going to the finals. Yeah, I like the Celtics for that matchup, really just because um, Milwaukee's missing on Chris Middleton, and I think that you know they desperately need that additional score on the floor to kind of help Giannis out. So I think that's going to make it tough. Um, but I, I think that people shouldn't sleep on Miami. I really – I've liked what I've seen from Miami. Oladipo is kind of raising his game up kind of towards the, the end of – of the season. And, and I think that he's a, an added boost. You know, what's crazy is even with the team that they have, the fact that a player like um, Duncan Robinson really is, is, is not, they're not utilizing him at all. And they just gave yeah. him like a nasty big contract. Also, I think 90 mil, like right? 90 mil. Yeah. And they're not, they're not using like, how do you not use a shooter, especially in the playoffs? I mean, yeah. obviously I don't follow the heat at all. Um, but I, I think that, you know, that's that's not a team that they should underestimate um, because they they have a lot of really solid solid vets. So I, th- I think that on the east side it, it will come down to the Celtics in in Miami, um, but I think that Miami kind of has the experience over um, the Celtics. Uh, I'm not I'm not fully sold on the Celtics just yet, just because they're they're peaking towards the end. We haven't seen any of that like all season long. It's really on the second that's half true. of the season. So um, I and, and I can kind of transition that also to the West side, you know, as much as I, I like Phoenix and I love the story and I love the coach. I love everything that they're doing. Um, you can't, it's just impossible to count out golden state. Like they, they have way too much yeah. experience, like way too much experience in, in the, the caliber of players that they have. I think it might just be a little overwhelming. I, I got to yeah. agree. Cause like, I'm oh, sorry. You go ahead. Al. No, I was still simply saying they are not for nothing, but always don't forget CP three against Steph. Never ends well for CP3. That's true. Those, I remember those <laughs> those matches were always the best because I, I when I was around like you know um, 2015, 2016 at that time, I was always rooting for Steph during those matches because I never liked CP3. Like I'm, I'm just gonna say, it. I never really liked them all that much. Um, but I, I I do think that they have like I think this is the first year that the Steph Clay and Draymond trio is healthy since the KD injury. I think that's the very that's right. first year since then. So I. I, it's impossible to count them out. You know, may, they may be getting a little older, but I still think that they're they're a powerhouse. Yeah, it's crazy because Chris Paul does a lot of things to make you like Chris Paul, but then he also do a lot of things to make you not like Chris Paul. <laughs> like he's told everything about Chris Paul is so bipolar. Because there's yeah. there's moments where I'm just like, man, because I I've liked Chris Paul since Wake Forest, and there's moments that you you really you want to root for him. But, but then he just he does some suspect things during the game that I'm just like, man, that's not. That's I, not I think the one thing I've always been like really like on edge about Chris Paul, but I, it was last year's finals and I was watching that that dirty play on Giannis and that had done it for me. I'm like, I'm not rooting for this guy anymore to, to win it all, to win a ring. I'm not. And this is the stuff he's going to do as like a, a sore loser. I, I don't. I don't want any part of that anymore, you know, because he, he just he has like that great playmaking. He's always been so like you know, I don't know how to say it. Uh, he's, he's very polished. He, he's, he's like the, uh, a maestro of the pick and roll of, of getting yeah. to the mid-range spot. He's, he's so good at that. Like, it's just such a great brand of basketball. And then he does the dirty stuff. And I'm like, mm, I'm good. I'm good. You, you, don't, you, can't, you can't get my fan with that. Yeah, but I mean, kudos to Phoenix for, for them 
even taking the risk on a player like Chris Paul because teams could have easily viewed him as, you know, someone that was on the decline and not wanting to pay him the amount yeah. of money that they paid him. And, and they took the risk. A lot of that has to do with Monty Williams, I would imagine. Um, and he's been able to elevate all those players. Like uh, Aiton is going to get paid off so heavy because of Chris Paul, just because there was a, there was a brief moment where you kind of thought like, you know, maybe this dude shouldn't have been the number one pick. He's not what people were expecting. Um, and then you just add a player like Chris Paul in there and, you know, definitely like takes him to another level. So, you know, the, the playoffs so far has been exciting. Um, but at the same time, Golden State, they still need to get past Memphis. Memphis, they've been playing really good basketball. Yeah, Sorry, no. yeah. I, but like Kieran said, man, I think I think it's one of those things that when they get it going, they get it going. Memphis yeah. has done some amazing things early on. Ja is, is hitting threes like crazy. Like, that's not his game. Oh, I want to talk about that. Yeah, like, we go to San Francisco now. We play at, They play at home now. It's a whole different ball game. I think at Memphis, that crowd was really driving them. Um, they had some crazy games, man. Like, it, it, yeah. they were playing so well. No, no denying that. But that game one loss without Draymond, the Warriors struggling all game and then still winning that game, that's the series it right there. It showed it all. Exactly. Like, you had, like, the most perfect Jaron Jackson game. You had everything going for you, and you still in the blue. Like, you have Clay Thompson, of all people, missing two free throws. That is only going to happen once in a blue moon. That That's not going to happen. You're like, this is a game over, and I'd say six at worst and five, in my opinion. It's done. But I, right. like like you said, like that game plan worked so, so inconveniently for Golden State because they were planning to sag off on jaw the entire time, those pick and rolls. They were sagging off the entire time. They like they let him shoot the three, and it just happened to be a, a night where he was hot. But he's not going to do a night. He's not going to have a shooting night like that again from three. No. I'm just, I don't, I don't see that happening. Yeah, hopefully, you know, all this playoff basketball talk it it makes you eager to have your team out there, and hopefully that, you know, that that comes sooner rather than later. Because even even the play in tournament was you know awesome and, and fun to watch, and just the just the thought that we might possibly eventually. Maybe depending on how everything everything kind of turns out, we might just be in that next season. But that's that's high I can hopes. Hundred percent. I, I mean, I, I'm not gonna call it high hopes, honestly, because I, I see there's, there's teams like like uh, New York, like Charlotte. They're they're kind of doing a restructure, and with that, a team like us, true. we're getting some good talent around us. We're getting healthy again. You know, we we're on the we're on the rise. And some teams also like Indy, they're kind of what we were at last year. Mm-hmm. So I, right. I gotta say, there's a good possible, a good possibility that we're gonna be around the 10, 11 spot. Hopefully, ten. It's a possibility. It's got, it's it's got to be the expectation. It's got to be the expectation. Yeah. All right. So no, let, you, now, now that we're on that subject, let's let's get into Magic basketball. Now, Jalen Suggs underwent surgery last week to address a slight stress fracture in his right ankle. He's expected to resume basketball activities this summer and should be ready to have um, to be able to have a full recovery and, and be able to get to training camp with with the team. Uh, what are your thoughts on the injury? Do you feel like this might impact, um, you know, his summer, uh, a really big summer for him to really develop? A lot of people would say that, you know, it, this his rookie season was a little underwhelming. Um, but do you think that this is a really big issue for for Jalen? And Kieran, I'm gonna send it to you first. Uh, I I don't think it's that uh, as dramatic as some people have made it. They expressed it as, "Oh wow, Orlando can't get past these injuries." I mean, it's a it's a you know a month and a half at worst recovery. So he'll be he'll be prepped for summer league, which he'll be okay. But the only thing that I I think that people are worried about is him 
getting, you know, the progress he needed during the summer, which if it's on an ankle, he could still practice, you know, shooting, form shooting, um, you know, actually getting his shot back. So I, I'm really not stressed about it at all. A lot of people were stressed about it over on Twitter and Instagram, but I, I don't really see anything wrong with it. I mean, you could kind of tell throughout the that end part of the season when they had to keep him out, he was questionable. He was out, you know, ankle bone bruise, stuff like that. And he, he was visibly limping a lot of times on the court. I think that's on the, the training staff and the coaching. They should have just sat him out for the rest of the season, shut him down. I don't really think it was that smart to resume his activities like the last few games because it, it probably might have made it worse. I agree with you. I think that 100%. I think that if anything, it might be a blessing for him to kind of stay stay off the, the legs a little bit because, again, he plays so hard and he, we, could, we saw the ankle twisted so many times, it feels like, this past season. And what he really needs to work on is his shooting. So he can kind of go back to the basics, work on the form, work on just set shots. So I think for me, like you, I'm thinking of on a positive note. I know some people are saying he may not play in summer league. That may or may not happen. Even if he plays one game in summer league, that may be enough to get that experience that he needs a little bit to get his flow going and see where he's at in the summer. Um, but for me, it's all about his shot this summer. If he can get that being more consistent, that's all we need Jalen Suggs to be. A little more consistent from the three-point range, mid-range, and that will make him easily a 16 to 18 point a game guard. Again, we haven't had that in, in so many years yeah. consistently. I know uh, Cole Anthony did it this year, but be- before that, it's been a while. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're looking at what, end of September, so we're about four months away. I wish that they would have shut him down a lot earlier um, because even during the last couple of games that you know you played in, you can kind of see that there was something a little off with him. Um, he there was even moments and times where I kind of saw him limping. So I wish they would have shut him down a lot earlier. Um, But I think that he's going to be fine. I think he's going to be okay. Um, He's young. And, you know, the fact that he was able to, for the most part, make it through the whole entire season um, is a good sign. So um, it it says that it's a slight uh, stress fracture. So I'm not really looking too much into it. Um, It's crazy how in the NBA, any type of injury doesn't matter, like how severe, how not severe, like everyone's so quick to kind of jump into surgery just to make sure that everything's like cleared yeah. and, and the player is ready to go right away. So um, I, I think he'll be fine. I think he'll be fine. And if they, if they're saying that he's going to be good to go to begin uh, summer activities, it's definitely a good sign. Yeah. You know, what's funny though, the only rookie that we've had, man, since the new front office has been here that has not missed time due to injury France. Yeah. About That's about that. it. Like, like major, like a major surgery type of thing. And even or then, injury. And even then, he missed the last couple of games. Yeah, because he stepped on that ankle, man. That, that bugged me. But I think wanted about, him to get that Iron Man match. Yeah, like think about J.I., Mo Bamba, Chuma, Cole Anthony, now Jalen. Every single one. They've unfortunately all oh. had injuries during the season where they've missed significant time. And then now Jalen having a, uh, a surgery on top of that. It's just crazy. It's just a, what are the odds that in six years, all your rookies get hurt? It's just That's crazy, just crazy. Luck. It's horrible luck. I'm, I'm praying I, that we don't get that next year. But at the same time, you're also looking at players like Chuma and Cole Anthony that they came into uh, the NBA already with some type of history of of injuries. Yeah, Cole Anthony, North Carolina, Chuma and Auburn. So it's those I I get. Um, but you're right. We've we haven't been too lucky, have we? No. I mean that. I think I think Ji is the worst of them. And like you get back to literally back to back. It was what like three games he had. He had to resume and then he's back out. That, that's just the I worst. Bet. 
but just touching on that a little bit, I think a lot of it has to do also with maybe there there might be a moment of regret in terms of bringing Jonathan Isaac back too soon um, from his injury where he got hurt again in the bowl. And I think that there might have been a reflection where they're just like, all right, we're not doing that again. Yeah. Because at, at this point, if something happens to Jonathan Isaac again, then you've really lost all hope for a player that is supposed to be your future. So we've already spent this whole entire time. We're expecting Jonathan Isaac to be back uh, this past season. It doesn't happen. He gets injured again, has another surgery. We're still expecting for him to be ready by training camp. If he cannot make it this whole entire season without playing a majority of the season, then the Orlando Magic really have to make a decision to say, all right, Jonathan Isaac is, isn't it. But that's what makes his draft so important because – you, I feel like we've been handcuffed to Jonathan Isaac for so long from the the Vooch era to where we're at now. We keep telling ourselves, man, if we only had Jonathan Isaac, things would be different. And I think that it comes to a point that you have to be able to say, I can't rely on Jonathan Isaac. Yeah, You need to be able to replace him. And your replacement just so happens to be where you're at in this upcoming draft where all you need is a top three pick to be able to find your replacement. It all it all lies on that. Because we he, he's had the crutch of being able to say, oh, they don't need him. We're a rebuilding team. You know, they're trying to lose. They're tanking. He has the crutch. If it's a winning team, I guarantee you the narrative would be a lot different of, wow, get this guy off my team. But two years, hasn't touched the court. You know, we, like, get him off the team. It, it's a completely different narrative for a winning and losing team. But I, I really think this next year, like you said, Anthony, like, if, if he's not playing – over 50% of these games, it's you really got to take a step back and, and really reconsider his future with this team because that's just that's a good three years just down the drain of a sixth overall pick. And that's you know, and what's that's, funny that what makes it that's what makes it tough, also, is that you know you really can't rely on uh on him missing too many games. Because the season should be this upcoming season should be the season where you're saying we have to make it to the playing tournament. You yeah. need to be able to realistically to be able to win the most amount of games possible to be put in that position. You need a player like Jonathan Isaac to be healthy and ready to go. What were we saying now? I was going to say, you know, what's funny though, we're not off to a good start because he was just trying to get back to the court, trying to kind of be in practice and full contact, not even full contact yet. And bam, injury again, surgery on his, on his hamstring now. So it's it's unfortunate. I'm glad it happened and now, and he's just done the whole season, whatever. But like you said, man, like we cannot go into next year training camp and still be wondering: Is he going to be ready? Is he going to play in preseason? Is he going to play in the regular season? If that's the case, my goodness, like you got to at some point turn the page and say, "Hey, he just didn't work out." Yeah, yeah, I completely yeah. agree. Yeah, but that's what makes the off season so important because you you take a look at you know the players down the line, and each person can really focus on that one specific thing that will help improve their game. One of the things that, you know, we've mentioned before um, is Cole Anthony and Cole Anthony getting stronger. So it was great to see that in a recent um, article from the Orlando Sentinel, Cole Anthony said that he's looking to bulk up this summer. Um, So according to the Orlando Sentinel, he says that he's focusing on developing multiple parts of his game, especially in the weight room. And he's quoted saying, you know, I've been telling everybody when y'all see me in the summer, I'm going to be strong. They're going to be like, dang, Cole is that, is that Eric 
uh, Bledsoe. So he wants to get, he wants to be able to be really, really physical because a lot of his issues was that he wasn't able to finish um, in the paint. Um, how important is it for a player like Cole Anthony to, to bulk up? If you want him to be able to be like that strong, or would you rather him kind of stay fluid and, and still, you know, put a big focus on, on his quickness and, and ball handles? So Are I think, yes, I, I, go ahead, Karen. Oh, I was going to say, I, I think that there's, it, it's very, uh, it, it, it's tough to tell what do you want out of that? Because I think he has the quickness and the frame right now already to be a, an explosive and, and somewhat strong enough guard. He's already, you know, pretty above average strength for a six, two guy in the NBA. But I'd say that it could also probably do wonders for his matchups on defense, you know, handling physicality. Cause we know that's, that's by far his biggest pitfall. That's what keeps him off the court at times is, is how how much of a net negative he is on the defensive end. So if, if it can help uh, allude to that problem and, and solve that a little bit, if that can be of any like assistance to his defensive uh, weaknesses, I'd say I guess I'd say go for it if that's really what, what it will uh, what it will take. But I'm sure he's not doing that just for like the defensive uh, the defensive purposes. He's probably doing it just to be, like you said, a better finisher. But I, I do think I, I'm hoping that he'll reap the benefits through defense. What's going on, Magic fans? The NBA playoff action is nonstop at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet just $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. Looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the NBA playoffs? With DraftKings Same Game Parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets, like which team will win, total threes made, total rebounds, and more, and boom, you have a shot at an even bigger payout. Right now, all customers can place a Same Game Parlay with three or more legs and get a free bet back up to $25 if one leg does not hit. All you have to do is download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code TBPN, bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game, and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's promo code TBPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. I think for me, the biggest thing is getting stronger enough to be able to finish inside because I think he gets there. That's the number one component. You got to get to the, to, to the hoop. He gets there. The problem is he's so fragile that he gets bumped around, not quite to be a foul, but enough to throw him off on that layup attempt and to be in a miss. Uh, same thing on a floater. He gets a little, a little push. Now he's out. Of, uh, again, that, that floater is a little bit off. It's a miss. So I think uh, that's going to come in really, really handy to get more fouls, to be more aggressive in general, and be more confident at the end of the day because you can tell he's very emotional. So when he's missing yeah. two, three, four layups, now his whole game, it's out of whack. He cannot hit a shot. He's now down on himself. So I think this may end up being a good thing for him. Now, it's going to happen. We'll see. He's kind of small in frame as it is. Uh, but again, I know the Magic try to do the J.I. treatment and make him eat six meals a day and just hit the gym all day long. If that happens, we may see a different call. And I think, again, it will definitely help him in the long run. Yeah, I mean, you take a look at a player like Eric Bledsoe. Eric Bledsoe weighs a solid 205. Cole Anthony right now sitting at about 185. And he's going up against, you know, bigger point guards. You know, someone like Tyrese Maxey, he weighs 200 pounds. 
So I, I think that it would be a good look for him to be able to put on some muscle. Um, but I don't want other aspects of his game to hinder because of it. Um, his quickness, his his um, uh, his agility, his his balance. We don't want him to lose any of those things. So I yeah. think that you know, if you put on, let's say that he puts on another ten pounds, and then the season starts, and then he kind of starts losing that to where it's more of a comfortable weight. I think that it would would do wonders for him. Um, but the last thing we want is for him to like not be able to jump out of the gym or not be able to you know, dunk a basketball in an NBA contest wearing some Timberlands. No, I agree there. I, I think it'd be rough if we, if we don't see any more of those cold jams. Those are always yeah, like the most thunderous jams. And if, if getting bigger is going to take away from that, then I don't know, man. It's going to be bittersweet. Yeah, exactly. Now, there's been a lot of posts on social media with Cole Anthony and RJ Hampton working out um, in the weight room, in the magic weight room. Um, at the same time, we were able to see that Michael Carter-Williams is also working out with them. What are your thoughts on that? Do you think that this is a way to keep Michael Carter-Williams around? Do you see him you know, potentially signing another contract with the Magic? Do you even want to see him um, come back with the Magic? What are your thoughts on that, Karen? Um, for With MCW, it's always been a little bit of a, a, a difficult situation, in my opinion, because he, at, at that those playoff years, he really did put out a lot of heart. He was really like one of those players. You're like, you know, he doesn't, it doesn't pop off the the box score, but he, he's one of those guys that you can credit a win to, especially like late in a playoff run. He's one of those guys you need, but during those that he left a sour taste in my mouth because of those rebuilding that last rebuilding year, man, it was, it was a rough go at it watching him play um, before we had uh, eventually moved on to the, the next season. Uh, that was during, after the Vooch, the trade deadline, it, I don't know something about watching him play. Just it, it ticked me off. <laughs> he, he was not playing his best, and it was just rough to watch him. I, I would end up like when when he would check in, I'm like, man, I, I, I shut the game off. <laughs> but uh, for right now, uh, I think it'd be really nice to have him around as a, just a culture piece. You know, he, he, I wouldn't say getting a roster spot specifically. Uh, maybe like you know, a job is like not really assistant coach, but just player development specialist, something around that line. Um, obviously, he's not retired, so he's probably going to keep his options open. But I, I do think it'd be great to have him around as a locker room presence. Um, but if you're going to be taking minutes away from our guards, I don't know about that. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that the good thing about about him is, again, great energy guy, positive dude. The locker room seems like they, they love him, right? So I think that's a good thing. So if for some reason the Magic say, hey, you're going to be that vet at the end of the bench, maybe replacing Robin, who knows, then great. Let's do that. You know, he's a vet. We need vets in, this, in the locker room. But yeah. as Kieran mentioned, he cannot be taken minutes away from our guard, especially Markel, Jalen, Cole. Like those guys got to play all the minutes the guards can, can take. They got to get them. So I would be okay with it in that Robin Lopez role, where it's basically you're on the bench, you're chilling, we're painting you to be a leader, a guy the guys can call when they have any questions, concerns. You're that person. As Kiara mentioned, if he goes around and tries free agency and cannot find a home, he wants to be a development coach, whatever it may be for the Magic, more than happy to, to have him in that role as well. Um, so again, don't mind him at all in the locker room. It's a great thing, I think, for the young guys. They respect him. But at the same time, again, I, I just don't want it to interfere with the minutes in what we're doing uh, going forward. Yeah, exactly. We barely, we barely have any vets. You know what I mean? You take a look at everything that we've heard from Terrence Ross. We already feel like he's going to be out the door. I don't see us bringing back Rolo. Um, so if if we're just looking at what we have, you're really looking at just Gary Harris and then 
what Jonathan Isaac and, and Markel Fultz as your your next level of of veterans. I mean, they're they're still trying to focus on on you know themselves and being able to stay healthy. Uh, I think that Michael Carter would be a great option. What I like about Michael Carter Williams is the fact that you know he's he's versatile. You can have him play one, two, or three. So I really wouldn't like worry too much about him taking away minutes because you can really plug and play him, you know, any anywhere of those three spots. Uh, and if history has shown us anything, we we deal a lot with injuries. There's going to be moments and times where we're going to have to have players to be able to fill in. If it's not Michael Carter Williams, who really is out there? Al, you and I, we talked about the free agent list. Um, this free agent draft class is not pretty. It's not it's not a whole lot of veterans out there that you're really gonna add to the team is gonna make the team a million times better. Like it's not that's not the case for us, unfortunately. I mean, we experimented with each one more, and how did that go? You <laughs> didn't touch the core. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We paid them. You paid him. I'm, I'm, he got his bag. Uh, he, and he left. Yeah, dude, we paid him, and he showed Jalen Suggs could do a floater, and that was it. <laughs> like there was nothing else. Um, so I, I'm I'm all for Michael Carter Williams. He he gets a lot of flack from the fan base, and I I understand the reasons why. Um, but he's he's someone that you know for a fact is going to go out there. and He's going to put 110 effort. He's he's going to play hard, and he's going to play really good defense. You maybe don't want him to shoot as many shots as he would take, and I I get that. Um, but he's still he's still a serviceable um, a serviceable player, and I think that you know he's he's someone that can still add a lot of values. He's a veteran that already knows the guys. There's already chemistry there, so I think that just from that aspect, I would definitely love to have him back on the team. Easy, easy. Yeah, but uh, is. let's be shooting threes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know, I know. All right, so we're going to transition into our um, our tankathon.com uh, NBA lottery simulation to kind of see where we land. We've we've gotten pretty lucky the last couple we'll times. So we've only done this. We've only done it twice. The first time we landed um, third, and then the second time we landed with the number one pick in the draft. Um, so interesting to see uh, kind of how today's plays out. Um, Kieran, do if you don't know what, what we plan on doing is is doing a simulation every single episode leading up to the lottery and then collecting that data and to kind of see how our odds ultimately end up playing out. I like that. So, Kieran, right, we're going to so, make you we're going to put you on this on the hot seat today. So uh, we're going to simulate here in a second. And then wherever we land, we're going to kind of play and see who we think will be available and you who you'd pick for the magic. So let's like do this. As a reminder to those uh, listening, watch Lowest Season Goal is six. And with the 2022 NBA draft, the Orlando Magic select number five. So we ended up dropping three spots. All right. So you have to you have to imagine you have to imagine that that the top three, and maybe we'll just use the ringer as um as I got our it mark. Here. I got oh, it. Perfect. So right. according so number to one, them. One pick, According to them, goes to Paolo. Yep. Number two. Okay. Jabari Smith. Number three. Chet. Four. Jaden Ivey. So That's with the out. fifth pick, and we, we were yeah. just talking about this off air, so it, it, it all makes sense. It all comes together. <laughs> with yeah. the fifth pick, who are you selecting and why? That man right there. Mr. Shadon Sharp, man. I'm telling you, it seems like the, all the only other teams that wouldn't take Jaden Ivey at four would be Orlando or would be um, 
OKC just because of the guard logjam. Uh, I think if, if Detroit and Houston land number four, like in the sim where Houston lands number four, um, they're taking Ivy. They need that that solid running mate for Cade or for Jalen Green. And they're going to want to take a, um, that guy that's, you know, mark number four, marked higher than Shade on Sharp for, you know, you have uh, you have decent criteria to go off of. But with Orlando, you know, you're at fifth again. This is like your, what, like, I can't even count how many times we've dropped in the lottery since uh, post-Dwight <laughs> every single time. So uh, they, they're done with, you know, going for the safe pick, the the best fit. You know, you got to take a risk and you got to take Shade on Sharp. This is a guy who, who, like Al said, like you missed out on your chance for Jalen Green. Here's your chance to get that, that you know, insane hops, you know, self-creation, just superstar written all over him, uh, young kid. Um, not a lot of uh, proven play, but he's still one of those guys you, you – we have enough film. There's enough criteria, enough uh, draft speculation that he can be that guy. He's number one ranked high school player for a reason. Um, so shade on sharp, hundred percent. It should be the Orlando magic's pick. I wouldn't be surprised if they went for a guy like uh, Keegan Murray though, but I, I would really like shade on sharp with that pick. I would take them I'd take him if I was it. And what I about you? What makes, uh, I think what makes sharp, shade and sharp. So, so interesting is, is the unknown. You know, we didn't get a chance to see him in college. So the last uh, real basketball that he played in was was high school. And you you look at someone that was classified as as being the number one recruit for 2022. He is someone that you know is is athletic. He's someone that can handle the ball, has really good perimeter shooting. And there are talks, and there were talks that if he did play in Kentucky and he played, he might have gone the number one pick, the number two pick. He might have been that top three. I think that, uh, and we spoke a little bit about this off air, but I think that once teams start bringing him in and being able to have a workout, um, I think that he could mess up a lot of the a lot of the mocks. Right now, he's sitting at at five in a lot of different mock traps. That could change. It could possibly change. On the ringer, they have him listed as some NBA comparable to Paul George, a taller Bradley Beal, and Jalen Green. He's six foot six, one hundred seventy five pounds. So I would like to see him put on more weight. Um, but we isn't necessarily a concern for me when it comes to rookies coming into the NBA. I think that Shaden Sharp, if you miss out on the top three, you add a swing big. And I think that he's definitely a swing big type of player. I mean, those comps you listed, I mean, who would not want to have that young player, you know, in their roster, along with what we already have in our roster. So that's the thing that's so intriguing about him. Um, as I've tweeted recently, like he fits what we're doing. Like he can play the three, he can play the two. Um, so the concern is, would we have too many guards, right? Because we have basically Suggs, Cole, Markel, RJ. If we keep Gary Harris and now you're adding Sharp to the equation, that's a lot of guards. It's it's a major, it's true. It is a concern. Um, but man, if you're the Magic, you're giving yourself a really good chance at getting at least one of those guys to really be something. Whether it's Suggs, it's Cole Anthony, it's Markel, or now Sharp. All of a sudden, you have a really, really good set of young guys that if if one or two of those become good, now you pair that up with Franz, Wendell, and possibly J.I. coming back healthy, or heck, Chuma becoming a player that maybe surprises all of us next season. All of a sudden, you have a really, really good set of young guys with potential. So that's what's intriguing to me about him is that he fits the roster better than probably anyone in, the, in that list of top five if things work out. And those comps, I mean, my goodness, if he ends up being any of those guys... That's a huge one for the Magic in this draft. 
I mean, but what do you say to the people that say that we already have too many, too many wings? What do you do? We have well, what decisions do you make? I, I, I mean, look, you, you can, they could say that all they want. The, you don't pass up on a guy like Shadon Sharp when you're in need of a, a go-to score like the Magic. Um, I had, I had been on a, a Twitter Spaces uh, with OMD uh, Philip Russman Reich, and we were talking about what um, Orlando's main goal should be coming out of this draft. And awesome. if you, if the answer is anything other than alpha score, it's wrong. You need a guy who can get a bucket, you know, crunch time, give him the ball and get the hell out the way. You need to have a guy like that. And we just don't. It's just as simple as that. We might, you know, down the line with guys like Franz, maybe like Markel. But as of right now, you don't have that player. You can invest all your tools in, give him the keys, let him be the scorer that he, he wants to be. And, and, you know, if you're falling out of the top three, you don't get this shot at Paolo. Shadon Sharp is next on your list. And then after that, it's just if, if you're at six and Shadon Sharp's off the board, then you got to just go with whatever you got. But I think at five, you, you take Shadon Sharp every time strictly because of that. You need an alpha scorer. So screw the naysayers. Screw what they say about too many guards. We'll make it work. You know, it, this is a, a possible superstar. You don't say no to that. Yeah, and I think that Ultimately, when we when we look like a year down, um, halfway through the season down, we take a look back and you know how they always have these articles about redrafting the the draft class, the the early looks. I think that ultimately we'll end up looking at him as a player that people are saying, "Damn, how did how do we let that slip? How do we let yeah. that slip?" But the biggest risk is the fact that there's there's still a lot of the unknowns because there's there's been a gap of time where people really haven't been able to see what he's able to do playing with more elite players um so it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting if you fall out man that's that's definitely the guy to look at for sure now let's say let's say that we do get lucky you said you've said in multiple times that paulo is your guy why would paulo be the guy that the orlando magic should um draft so if the magic is the number one pick why would paulo be that guy Oh, for uh, many reasons, many reasons. Uh, first, I think he's just uh, a seamless fit into the team. Uh, you have uh, a very uber uh, synergized team in the Magic. You guys got, got guys like Markel, Suggs, Franz, Wendell, who are just screening, passing, great playmakers, all of them. And then you have that perfect insertion of Paolo, who is already a great passing forward. That's one of his best uh, strengths. And you you pair that with the ability that he can go in and, and drive he's physically dominant and he can end up being that potential number one option uh scoring wise you don't say no to that you know you, you can say yes to uh, jabari smith that while wow, his shot making is great uh great defense and all this but uh guys like jabari smith guys like chet holmgren they don't have the the handle they don't have the the ball dominance to ever end up being that um that star forward that you know you give that forward the ball and and you expect a, sc- a score. You have to work and you have to make plays for them. Um, but Paolo is perfectly capable of creating his own shot. Um, and one people one one of people's biggest concerns with Paolo is his defensive weaknesses. Um, however, you know you got a crazy defensive squad like the Orlando Magic. Please, that, that can be masked very easily. And plus, he can learn defense very. That, that's one of the things that people when they come into the draft, defense is always a weakness, but it's it's easily teachable. It just takes some effort. It takes the right knowledge. It's a lot harder to learn than uh, offenses. 
It's like I, I consider Kieran uh, the Paulo kind of guru because I've mm-hmm. heard you on Twitter. I've seen you uh, different different uh, avenues talk about him. I'm gonna hit you with the cons. So what I, what I'm looking at that I, that are things that I'm not a big fan of just by looking at what I've seen. And I want to hear your response to that. So first of all, you already touched upon it. Defensive effort. Not so much that he cannot play defense, but the effort. Uh, I've read multiple places now. Laziness comes to mind. Uh, He gives up on plays, doesn't follow his guys. So do you think that could work in a magic system where all we do is defense first? And and you talked about it briefly. We, We can mask that. We can kind of cover it. But would our front office want to draft a guy like that when, again, their mindset is defense first usually? Number two, not a knockdown shooter, especially from three-point range. And we know this team needs three-point shooting. I mean, we've been next to last or last for the last five years. So those two things kind of are just concerns that I have, thinking of just a magic fit. What are your thoughts on those things? The first one with the defensive effort, I think I think that's really intriguing because it's – I think that's more of a mental game. You can, you see the guy. He's, he's, he's big. He has uh, the physicality of a great defender. Um, all it takes is discipline, and you know you get into an NBA system. It really just depends on how how the coaching uh, knocks down on him, and how they can can really drill that into his mind that you know you want to be a part of this team, you want to be a part of Orlando Magic basketball. You play some defense, and you you try, and you hustle. You know you look at guys like Jalen Suggs who go the extra mile for every defensive play, for every hustle play, and you have him as a, like a sort of a I'm not going to be like a mentor because he is a rookie at this moment, but you have you know role models for him to to sort of back off of it to, to look off of and and i feel like eventually it'll be learned you know i, I doubt he's going to be this undisciplined his entire career you know he can only go up from here you know there's there's only up there's only upwards um and for the three-point shooting part uh, i feel like yeah that, that can be a concern um but again we've seen guys that at his position um they they can dominate without a three-point shot uh, this guy has like I'm not going to compare it to Zion because Zion is just a, a physically dominant, you know, freak of nature, but he's one of those guys that he'll, he'll get his, he'll eat in the paint. You know, that's where he's going to get his money off of in the paint. Um, so he doesn't really have to make a career off of three point shooting. It would be a nice uh, addition. Definitely a nice bonus. Now, if you see Paolo with a three point shot and some defense, man, you're looking at a superstar. So uh, I, it'll all just come down to discipline to, uh, to training, to coaching. Um, but I do think that those are two, fixable errors it's a lot better than the concern of uh you know jabari smith ball handling uh chet holmgren's weight that's gonna the weight that's gonna take a a a long time for it to actually be at an nba level of readiness so those two weaknesses that you mentioned now i feel like they're at, at first glance they're easily maskable you know for his first year and they're also they're teachable i i think that down the road a couple of years down we'll see those and we'll be like wow it's pretty great that he improved so so quickly on stuff like that, you know. So I, I'm not entirely worried about it. 6'10", 250 pounds. Uh, in comparison to Jabari and to, to Chet, he's someone that, in my opinion, um, can impact the game way more right away just because of, of his size. He's someone that grew up playing the guard position and just with a big body developed um, into being more physical and, and being a big man. Um, my concern with Paolo is the sweating. Is the sweating a concern? Is it a concern? Yeah. Should should people be worried about it, or is it not that big of a deal? And I should stop bringing it up. It's every week, I, Anthony. Every week. I, I just uh, I have to, I have to know. You, I, have, I, I, I still don't. Deeper. I've I've googled and I I find nothing beneficial to. <laughs> 
I've, I've figured Make it out. They, it. they, they said, uh, you know, NBA trainers, uh, trainers, like uh, I saw the one that worked with Draymond Green and Jimmy Butler. He was asked about it. And they, they said like, that's, that's one of those just physical anomalies. That, like they're, they're pretty minor. It'll, it'll fizzle out once he gets into the league. You have, uh, you're comparing it to Duke's training staff and, and, you know, like he doesn't have a, an NBA developmental staff with him and a medical staff. I'm not going to say ours is something to be proud of, um, <laughs> but, uh, but he's going to get a, a lot more resources. And, and I've seen multiple opinions say, you know, you can be a little mildly concerned about it um, starting out, but it's going to fizzle out eventually. It's really not that big of a deal to be worried about. It's definitely not something to consider when, picking him in the draft it's not something that you say well i like him but i'm might have to pass up on him because of it it's just one of those things you just got to keep your eye out on it it's really my only it's really my only concern i mean outside of that you know al i get i get your concerns with the shooting but we can't sit here and act like he can't shoot he can shoot it's not at the knockdown level as somebody like jabari and i think that you know if we're comparing um, we can all confidently say that between the the top three, he probably had the most impressive um, NCAA tournament um, oh, yeah. performance wise. So he's sure. he's someone that is not, you know, shying away from the big moments in the big stage. Um, and I think that if we're looking at it from the lenses of replacing Jonathan Isaac, Jonathan Isaac no longer in the picture, I have confidence that you know you're you're bringing someone that can really really bring a lot of his attributes to the team and and could excel i mean push the team forward why would you not select paulo karen what would make you not want to select the the one thing that would make me not want to select it has nothing to do with paulo himself i'll tell you because they're the only things that would make me not want to select him is the other prospects okay because to me he's a uh, a perfect number one pick. Like if if it was me, if I had the consensus of all other scouts, I'd say Paolo's your consensus number one. But those two other picks in the top three, those are very intriguing too because I think about the fit a lot. I think a lot about the fit of Markel Fultz and Jabari Smith Jr., Markel Fultz and Chet Holmgren and Wendell Carter and how well those would mix. You have the the screen ability of Wendell the lob threat of Chet, and then Chet is also, I think, probably the most highly touted shot-blocking prospect since Anthony Davis. It's really not crazy to say that. He he has the, the most insane reach that I've seen in recent years to just be able to cover grounds on, on a rim protection level. Um, that's that's going to be like – he's pretty much a guaranteed like all-defensive selection sometime uh, down the line in his career. So that that's going to be tough to pass on. And then – you also have Jabari Smith, who is making shots like just a demon. Like this guy can go on streaks where he just won't miss. And I'm talking like fadeaways right in your mouth. Like you can't do anything to stop it. And Magic have never had a player like that. He, you, you get the, you get him on the Magic, and he's going to be uh, set up for success. When you have playmakers like Markel and uh, passing forwards like Franz, I feel like it'd be a really seamless fit. Plus his defense too. Jabari is also one of the best defenders in this class by a long shot. And he would fit seamlessly with the, the defensive culture we have. That That's the only thing that would make me not want to pick Paolo. And that's the only reason why I haven't been talking about Paolo this whole time is because Paolo is a perfect number one pick to me. So so yeah. I, want, I want to just quickly ask both of you guys. So today, May 5th, another week to go, we're going to have for the lottery. Kieran, right now, who, if the Magic have the number one pick, who are you picking right now? Paolo Bencaro. How about Run you? And, and I'm playing this game with Anthony for every single week. 
and it's a different name every week. every, so every I'm just single week it changes it changes <laughs> nah man I'm, I'm i'm comfortable and i'm confident i even feel even more comfortable and confident now speaking with karen you you've already you know sold me on the whole sweating situation so today will be the official last last nice. episode that i ever bring up the sweating that's it i'm, 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 I'm i like I'm that no good no more no more Paolo and sweating so your guys Paolo. so today that's that's your pick yeah, yeah, man, but but what's what's so crazy is that all listen, all the mock drafts are so like everywhere is so different. Like you still got so many of these mock drafts that still have Jabari number one. Um, we have the ringer that just updated theirs and they have Paolo number one. I, I really think that the landscape of of you know the mock drafts is really gonna change once we start getting these players in. And I'm yeah. I'm I'm curious and I'm super interested to find out. You know, kind of how the reports are and, and even hearing from the guys directly after their workouts. Um, because I, I think that it's gonna be it's gonna be a, a, a tall tale to be able to find out more about, you know, the guy's mentality. Because if you have a player like Paolo that's number one that you know, we see everything that's that's great, we see all his upside, but his mentality is more Ben Simonish then you know that might kind of scare you away a little bit because then the yeah. talent really doesn't doesn't all that matter and i feel like you know a big part of of everything's working out but really getting into the guys heads i think it's just as important yeah and i I, sure. I think they're definitely going to take that into account you see guys like uh like uh weltman and, and hammond they're big guys on character you know you saw yep. how close they are with with markel and and how high they were on Suggs and his mentality so and I think that's going to come down to a lot of um, a mental, uh, the mental stuff because, again, these guys they all have uh, insane amount of talent. Especially if we land top three, they're going to have their hefty choice of, of talent. And I, I don't know, it's going to be a tough decision. Um, but I, like you said, Anthony, it, it's it, it'll be interesting to see what the discourse is going to be like during the uh, the combine and the, the workouts and that that era in time. Yeah, and we'll we'll find that out soon. Um, we're looking at what what is it May seventeenth, so we're about ten days away have... from the from the lottery to find out where we're at. Um, because who knows if we don't make it into the top three, we might not get a chance to work out with none of these guys. <laughs> um, so it's 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 part of the game. So we'll we'll find out soon enough. Fingers crossed. Uh, Kieran, I appreciate you so much. Um, you know, joining us on this episode and and dropping some Paolo knowledge. Um, you can find Kieran on social media at KP20Magic. Also, read some of his work, man. A lot of in-depth analysis on OrlandoMagicHQ.com. Kieran, it was a pleasure, man. Thank you, guys. It was a real pleasure. Uh, thank you guys for having me. It was, it was amazing. I hope you guys have a great rest of your night. Take care. It was great talking host with y'all. Yeah, man, you too. Appreciate you guys for listening. It's a wrap. Catch you guys next week. Thank you for listening to the Ozone Podcast, the voice of Magic fans. For all the latest Orlando Magic news and updates, follow us on Twitter at the Ozone Pod and on Instagram at Orlando Magic HQ. Remember to subscribe and leave a five-star review on all your favorite podcast listening platforms.